Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. I mean, when I was working at the hospital, I a lot of times was health circulator, so I'd be walking to all the different units as a resource nurse, and I would be honestly writing blog posts on my phone as I was walking the hallways. Uh, it was it was a very delicate balancing act, but when you're really excited about something and passionate about it, you find a way to make it work. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we have a bit of a celebrity in our space on the show today. Her name's Kate Doubler, and she is the Real Food RN, which is a very successful blog in our space, the functional health space. And she does this full time, which is pretty cool and pretty impressive. I mean, what an interesting interesting thing to offer to the space because so many of us love learning about all these topics and we want to try all these maybe biohacking devices or whatever some of us not all of us and Kate just gets to do all of that because she chose a route that allows her to do so it's pretty cool and talking to her was really fun now normally in our titles I'll have the topic or a little description or teaser of what we're going to talk about but the truth is Kate doesn't have some niche you know her blog is all about natural healing and it was recipe based when she first started Started out, um, as you'll hear in the podcast, but it turned into this thing where she talks all about health. So first and foremost, definitely go get this checked out, bookmark it somewhere. It's realfoodrn.com. Now, a little bit about her. She is the author behind the blog, Real Food RN. She's a busy mom of four young children with one more on the way. Uh, huge props, Kate. Thanks for coming on and recording this with us. She didn't tell me the whole pregnant thing until she got on the video, so that was pretty funny. She's a former ICU slash ER nurse and a real food blogger. She loves experimenting in her kitchen and coming up with all sorts of new and creative real food recipes and do-it-yourselves with the hopes of bettering the health of her family and anyone who follows her blog. She wholeheartedly believes that prevention is the best medicine. Heard that, Kate. Her mission is to help everyone find the path to living the best life possible. Well, I think she's doing a fantastic job at that. She's so passionate about the topic. And what she just said there, the fact that her mission is to help everyone find the path to living the best life possible, I'm telling you this, it comes across in her voice and her energy on this show. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Oh, awesome. My Zencaster finally worked today and the 321 countdown actually did it correctly. So cool. We are live. Kate, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now, I read um, your bio, obviously, and I did a lot of research on you because this was, uh, you were a name that was recommended by multiple people in FDN. They're like, you got to reach out to Kate. Like we oh, want awesome. her on the podcast for sure. So I was like, all right, this is sweet. And um, I saw that you have a really cool background and probably you the types of people like you are some of my favorite to interview and i've said that before i'm not just saying that today and what i'm getting at is i love people that have some background in the western side of things because i think what we need if we're actually about making change in this world and not just being right all the time which is unfortunately what people get caught up in we need both sides combining we can't be having functional and natural attacking western or vice versa that that's not productive and people are sick because we want to have ego battles rather than um, support people overall. So I love that you have your background, and I will let you explain on that a little bit. So um, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the healthcare field. Yeah, so um, my very first job in high school, uh, it was the job I could get at the very earliest. 15 years old was a nursing assistant, and I, I fell in love with taking care of people. I was always very interested in health, too, because I was an athlete. And so my natural next progression was to go to college to become a nurse. And I thought I was going to be the nurse that was going to save the world. I was going to be able to educate people on healthy living because I've always been a runner. I love nutrition. I've read nutrition books. I, I've liked Dr. Andrew Weil since I was like 16. So I thought I could go to nursing school and I could do it my way. Um, and I did all the alternative health projects in college. And I was kind of the weirdo in my class. And I got to the hospital setting and found out that everything is about protocols <laughs> and standards of care and following the doctor's orders. And it, um, I hung in there. I, I cross-trained to every single unit thinking maybe I would like this one better. I love the ER because you kind of feel like you're really doing something there. Um, but I still was very frustrated in my Band-Aid medicine symptomatic management. And so I went back to school for nutrition 
at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It was still in New York at the time um, and just fell in love with educating people on nutrition. And it led me to starting a blog, which I had no idea anything. I didn't know what a blog was. And fast forward how many years later now, I do blogging full time. And it's it's wonderful. I absolutely love my job. And but I I I absolutely love that I had 15 years of solid experience as a nurse to understand the human body and illness and everything. So it's been a journey. Awesome. Now this is not a uh, business podcast by any means, but I have to ask just because we I know we have a lot of coaches listening. I mean, full time blogging that is not something most people, no matter how hard they try, are ever going to be able to pull off. At least I haven't seen it. I mean, what's one cool tip that maybe you could give people to become a full time blogger if that's something they're interested in? Because that's pretty impressive. Give up sleep? I don't know. <laughs> it was it was really. <laughs> I, I mean, when I was working. At the hospital, I was, I a lot of times was health circulator. So I'd be walking to all the different units as a resource nurse. And I would be honestly writing blog posts on my phone as I was walking the hallways. Uh, it was, it was a very delicate balancing act. But um, when you're really excited about something and passionate about, you find a way to make it work. And um, over time, as I've had more kids, I have four kids. I'm pregnant with my fifth. I've hired people to help me. Um, do the back end stuff because uh, the technology part wasn't my favorite part to handle. So the more people that you can hire is always better. So you can really do the work that you love. That would be my best tip. Cool. And how many blogs do you put out a day? And what is that called so people can find it? Uh, well, my website is realfoodrn.com. And I actually just right now I've scaled it back because I'm due to have a baby here in about four weeks. So we are just publishing on Monday. Um, well, thank I, you for coming on. I didn't. I knew the pregnancy thing. I did not know four weeks away. That's awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yes, I'm very big right now. Um, yeah, I we do a new blog post every Monday. We used to do Monday, Wednesday, sometimes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, my team actually does want to pick it up a little bit more. I do a newsletter, a weekly newsletter that has totally different content every Saturday. And then I just do a ton of stuff on social media. And actually, Instagram stories is really active right now with people. So I do a lot of content within Instagram stories too. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for answering those questions. I mean, that was just, I was very curious about that. Yeah. Now I got to ask, what do alternative health classes look like in a college setting? Because one side of me is like, wow, that's pretty cool that they even offered that. But the other side is I'm like, what does that even look like at a college level? Like, what did you learn in those classes? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was so slim pickings. It was, it was basically like assignments within courses, anything that was help, like any kind of presentation we would give. I talked about like medications versus natural remedies in all of my presentations and all the things I would always try to do something natural. And I did have one professor who was a little bit more natural minded and I would pick her brain. I would go to her office. I would ask her for extra projects. I mean, I was like so determined and I think I kind of drove her nuts. I mean, she really did love the alternative health, but I think she was like, just stick with the curriculum, okay? You know, um, and so I would just read books. I read Dr. Like Spontaneous Healing by Dr. Andrew Weil was one of the first books that I read on natural healing, and it blew my mind. And I wanted to share it with everybody. And I mean, my gosh, that was, I graduated in 2003. You know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have any way to share. And I wanted to find a way to teach people about this. So I thought I could do it at the bedside and I was wrong. So I know that you and I had talked, I mean, just briefly before we did this and you know, you actually are one of the rare people who hops on the podcast. And I think it's a actually nice, refreshing uh, story. You know, you weren't dealing with some crazy autoimmune disease or cancer mm -hmm. before getting into this space. So um, what was the real catalyst? Because I, I get that you said, you know, you were a runner and you're health conscious, but I know so many people who are into what we would call like more traditional things in terms of being health conscious that would never get into the alternative space. So was it that book that you just mentioned or like what triggered you to get into that type of stuff? Cause that's really hard to change that paradigm. Honestly, I mean, this sounds like really cliche, but I like, I just had like a nurse's heart. Like I really wanted to help people. I, when I worked as that nursing assistant, I was a, I took care of a patient who had ALS, which is a very devastating disease. She was far advanced. And no one wanted to care for her because she was such a heavy load. So I did. And I cared for her. I'd come into my days off. Her family didn't live in town. They lived in Florida and couldn't afford to come here. And I I just felt like I, I just wanted to take her home and take care of her. And then I just felt like there's so many other people out there that I just want to take care of. And then when I get into the hospital and I'd see the revolving door, especially in the ER, of abdominal pain and like 
all these things where I could see like clearly they have like a food problem or you know, like a food allergy or we just never talked about diet and lifestyle. And so I just was so determined to just save all the people and I, I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so I just, I just read everything I could and I tried to educate kind of on the down low and in triage and Hey, maybe you should pick up this book or listen to this podcast. You know, underground, nice. Wellness, underground wellness was the podcast I was listening to way back then. <laughs> So, you know, of course it had to be called underground wellness because no one, no one talked about stuff. So. Yeah, it's sad. And I, I think I'm, I'm always impressed by the people who hop on here, but to be honest, I'm even more impressed with someone like you that's able to see the benefit of that side without having to necessarily go through the wrath of the cycle of trial and error, as we always call it on this podcast. And it's hard for people to go away from the beaten path unless they've had this directly affect them. So, I mean, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that you mentioned underground wellness because that's, I'm assuming that's how you even heard about FDN to begin with then, right? Yes. And I actually wanted, okay. to, I wanted to do FDN. Of course, I want to do all the programs now, but I just, because I have, <laughs> I keep having kids. It's like, okay, I'll do it when, you know, this kid is, you know, five years old and I have time and then I'm pregnant again. So <laughs> it is what it is. I'm building my family yeah. but, um, someday. Awesome. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you. And I think that just shows, you know, good health then if you're able to do that. You know, how many people, uh, jokes aside, are just not even able to uh, have one baby today in today's world? I mean, it's kind of crazy mm -hmm. and so scary to me because that should be one of the most natural things that the body's able to do, you would think. Um, but our poor health is, is not allowing that for many people. So you're someone walking the walk. All right. Now, as you're making this um, career transition, like what were some of the things that you started sharing with people? And I'm sorry if I'm incorrect here. I, I think I followed this right. Did you just start with the blog? Like that was the ticket out of the, you know, nursing ER type thing? Yeah. I mean, I went to the school for institute, that Institute of Integrated right, right. Nutrition and uh, they, they set you up to see like a client base. And I started kind of seeing clients inside, but it was a lot of time that I didn't have. So I started just putting my recipes online thinking, well, I can reach people through the internet, you know, and blogging was such a new thing back then. It was just very, I look back at my old blog posts and it's just silly. But um, then I just, I, I would see people in like other countries had read my blog post and I thought, oh my gosh, like I'm actually reaching people globally. This is amazing. And it really fueled the fire to just educate. And, and I mean, now I get emails all the time of people saying, we bought a sauna and we did this and we did that based on your recommendations. And like our health have done a complete 180. We came off meds. I, I cry when I read these emails. It makes, it gives me life. It is everything to me. And like you said, with the, with birth and babies, now my newest passion project is we're creating a birth course. Cause I've had so many women say, I did this, this, and this that you recommended. And I got pregnant and I'm like, Oh my God, I had someone last week who just did this. It, it was just this particular kind of ancient massage that you get that can help you get pregnant. And she got pregnant right away. And that is everything to me. That is just everything. So. Yeah. Wow. And this is, um, if I'm talking to like more of a practitioner type person, one of the things we usually um, ask them on the podcast is like client successes or whatever. And it is remarkable how often that idea of like pregnancy comes up and the ability to, hey, we couldn't have a baby. We tried forever. We're doing this for only like a couple months and bam, you know, baby's coming out. Like, mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, baby's getting ready to come out at least. Yeah. So I, I think that's cool because, I mean, that's not something I've ever attempted to do in my life, but I can imagine that's a pretty emotional experience, uh, both really bad and really good. The bad being like, I want to do this and I can't. And then yeah. amazing when... Um, you're finally able to. So were those the types of topics you were blogging about in the beginning or just the recipes, like you said? No, it was all just recipes. I mean, okay. it was just like, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge food. I love to cook. And I love to, I, I'm a big nerd about making sure my kids are eating really healthy. They educate everybody on food now. It's kind of like, <laughs> okay, guys, cool it. But um, then people just started, started coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I love your recipes. I've been following you. And I like to take like, comfort food recipes that people enjoy and make them healthy so that people want to eat them. Cause I've found one of the biggest roadblocks is like, you'll follow this ketogenic stuff and you're like, okay, this is great, but I don't know if I can make that. It's expensive. There's lots of weird ingredients. So I tried to make it simple. And then people started just asking me because I was showing, Hey, I'm having another baby, just kind of sharing about my life. And they're like, well, what did, how did you get pregnant so easily? What did you do? You, you always stay healthy when you're pregnant. Like, what are you doing when you're pregnant? And so 
I just started sharing about that. And it was crazy. People would just flock to learn stuff about just staying healthy when you're pregnant. And I decided, well, this is clearly something that there's a missing piece. So is that the next topic that kind of helped you branch out? Like what came after the recipes? Yeah, well, then we just started doing more health stuff. People would ask me, oh, have you ever heard of cell salts? We've been talking about that a lot lately online. Or have you ever heard of, you know, the ionic foot baths or the chi machine, like weird different things. And then I'd share about all the weird stuff because we have everything you can imagine in our house that's weird. I mean, I, all the weird things. What's your favorite weird thing in the house? You got to share it out. (laughs) Oh, my favorite weird. Well, I love my chi machine. It's really weird. It puts your feet in there and it shakes. It gets your chi all balanced. And my saunas, we have many saunas. I'm a sauna junkie. I told my husband, I'm going to birth this baby, hand it to him and go right into my sauna because I haven't been in there in nine months. But um, I'll share about that. And then people want to know, you know, why do you love your sauna so much? Why do you go in there? And I'm like, well, it does all this amazing stuff for your metabolism and your your, like genetic expression, epigenetics. And so then I'm like, okay, well, clearly I need to write about this because I can't keep explaining it all. You know, it takes a lot of time to type that all up in an email or a comment on a Facebook page somewhere. So then we started kind of catering content towards some of the weird stuff that I use and people loved hearing about that which I do too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to Ben Greenfield and I like want to go like climb mountains and jump in cold ice baths. You know, it's just, I'm really inspired by people who hack their health and I, I hope to inspire other people to do it too. I love that you've branched out, you know, past um, the IIN stuff. It seems pretty obvious just talking to you and I'm not, I mean, listen, I love IIN for the coaching aspect. I'm a graduate of there myself, but you know, there's different types of health professionals and Mm -hmm. it is essential. It's not just important. It's essential to have someone that can guide an individual through the healing process because, you know, if you learn all this stuff, but you can't implement it in your life, that's not really going to work very well. So IIN is great in that aspect, but it sounds like, yeah, you branched out so much farther, more into like the world of FDN where it's like, all right, let's get this technical knowledge and find the things that actually work for people um, to help them out. So, What's cool about this is, again, normally someone comes in maybe with a specific niche and they do this stuff, but you have, I mean, you get to write about all these different topics. So uh, this is kind of fun as I'm thinking about like, all right, well, where do I want to go with this? Because I want to learn some things from you. I feel like you definitely um, have a wealth of knowledge probably in your head and on this blog. So um, I know that you talked about some of the things that you have in your house and the sauna. I don't know that we've had anyone else come on here and talk about sauna therapy, certainly not in any extended period. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like it lights you up. So this is why I like the intuitive uh, interviewing, Kate, which we were talking about before. Like, I think that's definitely a route I want to go for at least a second. So do you want to give us some of the benefits of sauna? And are we talking about dry saunas, infrared, both? Like, give Uh, us the rundown. We have all all of the above. Uh, It started with infrared and we have a uh, big, huge barrel sauna in our cabin. And we have a biomat that you lay on that seems weird. It's got like amethyst crystals in it. I mean, all the weird stuff. My favorite, favorite one is it's called the solo sauna. It's made by a company called Sunlighten. Um, and you lay in it and you pull it up. It's like a tube and it gets, I preheat it while I'm on my Peloton. So when I get in, it's just smoking hot and you sweat like nothing else. Like it like cooks you, but it's so good. If, if you're familiar at all with the work of Dr. Rhonda Patrick, I love her. She's so smart and she geeks out on saunas and she talks about all of the genetic the ways that it modulates your genes. And like FOXO3 is like the longevity gene. It like turns it on. It, oh, it turns on heat shock proteins, like all of these things. I was just listening to a doctor speak on helping with the current situation that's going on. And one of the top frontline things that he talked about was sauna therapy and how it's just so great for your immune system. And we actually had COVID back um, way when it first started. I didn't know what it was yet. It hadn't been announced on the news. And I just intuitively was like, I need to go in my sauna more because I had a really, it was really concentrated in my lungs. And my sauna it like knocked everything out of my lungs. It was just amazing. So I use it for anything. Anytime we feel sick, my kids even use it. We have a juve red light, which is the infrared lights, but it doesn't get so hot. We have it all. And so my kids will go sit in front of that when they're sick, but it's just, if, I mean, if you read the studies, one of the most shocking statistics is that men who go in a sauna four times a week for 40 minutes have a 40% decreased risk of 
all mortality, all all cause mortality. So like they have a decreased risk of dying from like everything if they go in four times a week for, I think it's four times a week, 40 minutes a day. So it's, I get my husband in there. It's some inflammation. Um, if you know anything about genes and reading the genes, I have the APOE4 gene SNP, which is uh, predisposes you to Alzheimer's. I'm really fascinated with all the gene stuff. And I have the worst case, I have the 4-4. And so I have to be really cognizant of my brain health and my inflammatory markers and my inflammatory pathways. And my sauna is one of the biggest tools in my toolbox for that. So I like to, I have a whole, you know, understanding of what I have lined up genetically, what could potentially express if I'm not taking care of myself. And then I act on that with my functional medicine doctor and try to live a healthy life. That, okay, this is so cool. I had no idea. I've never even heard about the study regarding the men doing four sessions of um, 40 minutes. So I'll pull that up and I'll make sure that is in the show notes. And if you see me looking down, it's not, um, I'm literally, I just like taking notes and having things for the end. So totally. I never want someone to think I'm like texting or whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, and now you're kind of inspiring me because I get advertised these things all the time and I've just never thought to like put it in the house. And I know this though, but uh, the gym that I go to, it's like an LA fitness, they have the dry sauna. Now I love those. It feels good. I've always enjoyed it just for relaxation purposes more than anything. I knew I'm doing something good for my health, but wouldn't have understood the depth of it, to be honest. And they took it away because of the pandemic mm -hmm. forever. I mean, it's been almost like a year since I could do that consistently. And now that it's come back, it is great. Um, my girlfriend and I were in Pennsylvania, but we traveled to Florida a couple times during the pandemic. And when we went down there, thankfully it was open one time and it was like November. So I'm coming off Pennsylvania uh, late fall, almost winter at that point. I'm just like, thank you, God. Like it felt yeah. so good to be back in there. And you can kind of, it is when you're in tune with your body, you can kind of just tell the things that we're supposed to be doing. Like, I love how you worded it. You intuitively knew before COVID's even announced, before you even know what this is, oh, this mm -hmm. is something I should be going in um, the sauna for. And sure enough, you know, it, it does seem promising. Did the mm -hmm. whole family like get that? Or was it just you, they, well, my it. boys, I have three boys and one girl. My daughter had nothing. My boys had a massive fever. Like it was 104, which is the point when I get a little hairy, like maybe we should go in. They were taking fluids. So I did all my weird witchcraft stuff. I kept their temperatures <laughs> down. Like they didn't take any Tylenol. I'm not a huge advocate for Tylenol because we have a fever for a reason. I treated them with wet sock therapy, tons of supplements that get that immune system up. And then I had them lay on the biomats. That's just the infrared waves, but it's not like in a sauna because they're still pretty little. Um, and then I did the sauna myself. So we kept their fever down. I did the sauna for my horrendous like lung cement that lasted for like three weeks. And my husband dodged a bullet too, which was great because I did not want to deal with the COVID version of the man cold at all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad that everyone um, was okay through that. And that was something I experienced too. I just, I got really lucky. I mean, it really, it did nothing to me. Um, I actually wouldn't even have known that I had it if it wasn't for my girlfriend losing her sense of taste and smell. She wouldn't even have known that she had it. Like we would have thought it was a cold, but we're like, okay, wait a second. That's type of weird. Oh, that's kind of weird. And sure enough, you know, yeah, it, it was what it was, but I was asymptomatic after like two days. Like I just, I don't know. I am so thankful. I'll put it this way. And I'm sure you are too, that we got into this more natural alternative kind of stuff before something like this, because you know, this, this space, it's not that, I would ever want people to learn it this way, but this space is blown up over the yeah. past year. FDN has blown up over the past year because uh -huh. people are like, oh, wait a second, there's real risks here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's not that we don't know that before, but it's like, it, how does the saying go? If smoking one cigarette gave you lung cancer, no one would ever smoke, right? Humans mm -hmm. like to play the game. We like to gamble a little bit, but a, a virus that just comes in out of nowhere is kind of that smoking equally instant, uh, equally instantly equaling. How about that? Um, <laughs> lung cancer right away, right? It's quick. Mm -hmm. It comes on all of a sudden. So now people are scared. And again, I never want people to be scared, but if that motivates us as a society to take this stuff more seriously, I'm, I can't say I'm against it completely either. You know, I'm kind of glad that that happened in that sense. Um, it's very unfortunate to me to all the people that lost their lives or were in a hospital because of this thing. And we kind of look at them and say, all right, well, how much of that was because of the lifestyle they lived over the past yeah. five to 10 years or even longer? Um, I, I don't know. That's a complex situation. Even still, you know, it's something that's 
I feel like we're going to be talking about this pandemic for a while and yeah. uh, the things that it did to people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, I mean, it's caused the loss of lives of many people, which is horrible, but it does. I mean, I do like to try to find the positives in things. And I agree. I think there's been a huge uptick in people trying to figure things out for themselves because they're like, modern medicine is sometimes can be kind of scary and intimidating. I don't want to rely on the hospital because there's people dying there. You know, I'm listening to a really good book right now about talking about the state of our health in the 1800s. And back then people were terrified of hospitals because that's where people went to die. And <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of what it's become, you know, because they said all the other people like stay home, don't come here unless, you know, you're hemorrhaging or you're missing a limb because we're so full and so everyone was sitting at home thinking, well, now what do I do? And I think that's good. I think it's I think it's important to reflect on your health and realize that at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own health, you know, for the most part. And it's really important to be educated yeah. on food and supplements and exercise, clean air and clean water, just the basics. It, it It's so important. And I think there's a key word that you just said there with responsibility, because um, I know that you obviously don't know my story. I dealt with very severe health issues from a very young age, five, six years old. Is that my fault? Of course, it's not my fault. But I'm sorry, guys. Like It was my responsibility to get that figured out and, and deal with that eventually. Like It is what it is. And so the COVID, and listen, I'm not trying to scare anyone out there, but we have people that are listening that are just, you know, they might have another job. They, they're not ever planning on doing the health stuff as a career, but they want to learn more about it. And I'm not trying to scare anyone out there when I say this, but when you really study this stuff, you start to understand like COVID is the least of our worries in terms of what can happen um, infection wise, like a serious bacteria, a superbug, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is going to continue to happen until as a, as a society, as a human race, we decide, all right, no, we really need to take responsibility for our health. And, um, it might be cool to go out every now and then and do some fun stuff, but no, our, our health needs to be top priority. We cannot have 70% of this country walking around overweight or obese. I am not judging or condemning. I'm just saying that this isn't going to work for us long-term. I agree a hundred percent. And I mean, sometimes it is really tough love, but I worked in an ER and that's just the way that we talk in the ER. Cause sometimes you have to have tough love. We have people coming in that were morbidly obese, that wouldn't get out of their, their their reclining chair. They had huge festering sores. I mean, if your body has, I mean, if we just, we could talk about blood sugar, blood, mismanaged blood sugar, even if you're, you know, you don't even know you're diabetic. A lot of times people won't even know they're type two. That causes so much problem with the vasculature in your body. And you can get these horrible sores and diseases. I mean, I've taken care of patients with necrotizing fasciitis, which is a flesh eating bacteria. It's, it's, it's shocking where if we don't take care of our bodies, these things can come and just wipe us out. And like you said, with COVID, you didn't really have, you were asymptomatic and I, mine was manageable. It was very uncomfortable to have that cough, but to somebody who's a weakened immune system because of all these different multifactorial things within their environment, toxic environment, toxic body, we really should be making our health our priority. And then the other stuff isn't such a big deal. Yeah. Well said. And I mean, yeah, the blood sugar stuff, it's like, that is one piece of a large puzzle of just like the basics. Like we're not even addressing the basics correct as a society. Yeah. Um, as you know, with like FDNs, I mean, we could take someone that is coming to us and saying, Hey, you know, I've been eating organic for the last three years. I go to bed on time. I'm exercising, I think in a right way, like I'm doing all this stuff. Why am I still dealing with an autoimmune disease? So we go really far on the spectrum of what um, our system can help with. Right. But just yeah. the basic type of stuff. This is, um, again, I, I, I share my story pretty openly, even the parts that are a little more embarrassing to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. And my mental health uh, got so bad as a kid that I did end up at one point spending a short period of time in a juvenile detention facility. I mean, I kind of, I don't like to use these politically incorrect terms, but I, I mean, I lost it. Like I really did lose my mind for a little bit. And now I've always been as lean as I am right now. I actually, if anything, I'm like big for myself, like 175 pounds, six foot. But back then I was like same height, but 150 pounds. I mean, I was, there wasn't much going on. Now, the reason I'm saying this because you brought up the blood sugar example when I got into that detention facility, they do these basic tests. They give you like a TB shot. I think, you know, they have to do this stuff, but mm -hmm. she took my blood sugar. Now I didn't know much about this back then, but this stuck out. And I'm so glad I remembered this because years later I got into health and I understood the significance. She said, do you need your insulin? I said, I don't like, 
I don't know what that is. I think that's the stuff that like my grandmother takes because my grandmother's been a type two diabetic for a while. And mm-hmm. she's like, Do you need your insulin for diabetes? And I'm like, I don't I don't take insulin. I don't have diabetes, you know, like, but I knew what it was because of my grandmother. And she's like, Well, your blood sugar's really high. When's the last time you ate? And I told her, you know, and stuff. She's like, uh, you might like that might be something you need to get checked when you're out of here. Cause like she was thinking that I had type two diabetes as yeah. this 150 pound kid, you know? And so, I mean, we could go on a two hour conversation about yeah. how that could have been implicated in the quote unquote, losing my mind that day. Right. Cause if your yeah. blood sugar is out of control, that's going to happen, but, um, or potentially could happen. But I love that you mentioned that because there are the basics. There's the hydration. There is the basic nutrition, Blood mm-hmm. sugar regulation, sleep, that alone could call, uh, help out so much of this stuff. And then if you're really a nerd and you have or longer term health issues, then you can get into the stuff that we're into. Um, and we dive into those topics pretty deep. Yeah. Right? It, it's, well, fun. I mean, it's fun to study. You can, you can go off, you know, talk about heavy metals. You can talk about mold toxicity. You can talk about environmental chemical exposure. I mean, there's so many things. I have friends who were doing everything right, but they had mold. And they didn't realize that they got rid of the mold and all their stuff cleared up. So it, it really is a journey. And luckily, there's amazing programs like FDN and amazing podcasts and books coming out yeah. every day, you know, on all these topics and people can educate themselves easily. I mean, I've gotten a million dollar education education through podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you know? and that's you, you need to think big picture in today's world because there's a lot of things that are just being completely rewritten. You know, uh, 15 years ago, if this was even offered, you know, maybe there was some like basic online courses. I know FDN was actually just kind of getting started. It might've been like weird to say, oh, I have my certification online now. No, that's just called being efficient. You know, that's the cheap and effective way to do it in today's world. So yeah, getting information from podcasts, as long as, and I can tell that you do this, you got to go fact check your stuff and make sure everything's sound Mm -hmm. and reasonable, but it's a great way to at least be enlightened to that information because maybe you never heard some of the stuff even already being talked about today. Um, I learned something every podcast. My, my big takeaway so far is already the sauna thing. Um, So I I got a kind of interesting question here, you know, out of all your time blogging and it is so clear you study your butt off and just research all these different topics. What is something that, I guess, like, what is something that you think most people in the functional space even are missing that you believe is now like a much larger problem? Like, maybe it's the mold thing that you talked about, but I'm curious if you've come across any topics where you're like, why are more people not focusing on this? This needs to be talked about in the functional space and in general. Hands down, it's environmental toxin exposure. I mean, people don't realize, everyone thinks that when you go to Target, like everything that's there is like, well, it's on the store shelf, so it must be safe. And it's not. I mean, if you go to the Environmental Working Group website, you will find a plethora of information and everything from laundry detergents to Glade plugins are horrible for you. Very, very bad. All of these things with repeated exposure and repeated use, like laundry detergent, for example, bioaccumulate. And that that means they build up in your body, uh, in your fat stores, and they sit there and they cause disease later on in life. I mean, Babies are actually being born with 280 some chemicals in their cord blood. So these babies that you think are in this, this isolated environment, you know, they're coming out toxic and it's because of, and I mean, to no fault to women, because I mean, this has been a journey for me as well. You don't realize what you're putting on your skin in the morning in the form of skin, skincare, makeup, shampoo, laundry detergent. I mean, if you, we used to put dryer sheets in our camper to kill the mice in the winter. You know, well, you use dryer sheets to make your clothes smell better. Well, what's the toxin in there? You know, you have to kind of start thinking. So, I mean, I I had, I've had so many people say to me, well, I'm eating right. I'm exercising every day. I'm getting eight hours of sleep. I drink spring water. I'm doing everything. I still have this, a lot of times it's autoimmune stuff. And I'm like, have you taken a look at everything under your sink and in your makeup cabinet and in your shower and put it, plugged it in to the environmental working group skin deep database to see how it's rate rate ranked based on chemicals. And they do. And they're like, Oh my gosh, everything was a 10, you know, and yeah. you eliminate that stuff. You'll actually go through like a withdrawal and a detox period, which saunas are very beneficial for. And it's amazing. I mean, now if I go to target, which I don't anymore after this COVID thing, now I order everything online, but <laughs> if I walk down like an aisle where all the laundry detergent is, I get a headache because my body's just not used to it anymore. My body's like, what is this stuff? I don't want this. This is bad. And 
I'll pass somebody on my running trails. And I'm not like saying I'm better than anybody or anything like that, but I'll, someone will run by and you can smell all of the perfumes and all the things. And it's just like, wow, you know, that's, those are, it's all chemicals. Yeah. I know that that comment doesn't come across like that at all. I mean, at all. It just, it stinks when we're aware of this stuff and there's just so much genuine ignorance out there. And I think mm -hmm. ignorance gets like, people act like it's a derogatory term. Ignorance just means, you know, someone does not have knowledge about something. It's not a yeah. bad thing. Inher it's not inherently bad, at least. Um, but that's the problem that we have. It's ignorance. It is mass ignorance. Because if more people knew about this stuff and knew what options they had in healthcare, I think we'd actually be looking at a really different system. But it's not really fair when someone is sick and they go into uh, our current system and they think there's just this one linear path for them. And, oh, this <laughs> is the one I have to take. Oh, I have cancer. I can only do chemo. Yeah. Well, that's not really 100% true, you know, yeah. so I'm always about just personally, not not even just with FDN, but leveling the playing field, right? Making sure people have all the options and then making an informed decision after that. So I love that you brought up the environmental toxin thing. That's something that doesn't actually come up often enough. And we just had a guest recently. She enlightened me to the Think Dirty app. Have you ever heard of that before? Yes, I have it on my phone. Yep. Okay, that thing is awesome. I'm, I had a field day in my family's house, like just going through mm -hmm. all the stuff that they have. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it really is shocking. And baby care products. I mean, a lot of the Johnson and Johnson stuff, not to call it a company, but a lot of the Johnson and Johnson things that I was sent home with from the hospital with my babies were rated very high. I mean, as high, like a big number, toxic. And so oh, I, I really, mama bear does not want those chemicals. So I really did my homework when it came to anything pertaining to my children. Well, didn't Johnson and Johnson get sued for like millions, if not billions of dollars? So I think we're good to call them out at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, it's just, it's just so, it just breaks my heart because people don't know. I mean, I, for many years, just thought everything in the store was safe because it's in the store and why would they poison us? Well, yeah, it is. Um, it's a little ridiculous. And I apologize if any uh, dog sounds are being picked up in the background. So I'll try to keep my mic muted. Um, Unfortunately, she's out of control. <laughs> she's the best dog ever still. Best yeah. dog, I swear. Um, I love that you mentioned the autoimmune thing because that's an interesting insight from people that you talk to because you are you specifically referenced women too that, hey, maybe they need to look at the environmental toxin thing. Now, clearly women are exposed to more because of makeup, because of all these things. You know, I can go out every single day and basically just run water over myself in the shower and I'm appropriate throw on some deodorant, you know, like I'm good to go as a male, you know, but women, there's this expectation and this push, especially through these billion dollar companies of, oh, you need to wear this. You need to dress like this. You need to smell like that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it, you know, absolutely affects them even worse because I, I believe it is seven times. Um, women are seven times more likely to deal with autoimmune disease. I don't quote me on it. Um, I don't have my source right in front of me, but I'm almost positive of that. Have you heard something similar? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And okay. the interesting thing is too, I mean, we have skyrocketing rates of infertility in from men and women. And a lot of it has to do with uh, what's called exogenous estrogens in our environment. And we're getting that both from our personal care products and from plastic, all of our meat, you know, food, prepackaged foods are in plastic. People are microwaving things in plastic bowls. Don't do that. people. <laughs> That's really bad. Um, and all of these estrogens are bioaccumulating and men are actually getting feminized. Their sperm counts are dropping and women are having these estrogen positive cancers and they're having infertility issues. I mean, our hormones are a very delicate balance. And so with all of this stuff we're exposing ourselves to, it can really throw hormones off. And if you just do something as simple as taking all of your Tupperware containers and converting them to glass like the glass Pyrex bowls and not microwaving your food in plastic, not using the microwave at all, in my, my opinion. Um, and just getting rid of all of the plastic in your environment, you can decrease that hormonal burden and your hormones will level out. And especially if you go in a sauna, because saunas are going to help get rid of the excess estrogens. So does cool. coffee enemas too. Coffee enemas are amazing for that. <laughs> that is, I think, the only thing in FDN that I had not ventured to do. You know, they do talk about that in the um, oh. course. I hadn't done it. And then um, my girlfriend is like uh, seven days away from graduating FDN. And, you know, she was going through it. Now, I never told her I didn't do this when I went through it. And she's like, hey, do you want to do that? And I'm like, oh, no. Like, no. <laughs> you know, but when she puts her mind to something, we're doing it. So <laughs> I'm sure I will experience that at one point. They're no, amazing. I hate that. 
I feel like I'm not practicing what I preach right here, but it's such a rare occasion, especially in the summer. Um, we got this great company. I love that you mentioned the glass thing called Spring Rock. And they're a local uh, company. I know the guy. And he actually goes directly to the spring. Um, and you guys can use findaspring.org or .com. I forget what the website is, but that's mm -hmm. a fantastic one. And he fills this up directly. Now, his plastic's actually pretty cool because he imports it from Canada. So not only does it not have BPA, it has a lot of other stuff that you couldn't even um, basically do in the US. So I thought that was really interesting. But he actually sells to the local health food store and they'll sell you a crate of like six half gallon. It's a little more than half gallon glasses. And so you got your water directly from the spring that's tested um, into those glass things. And especially during the summer when like the heat is going to be maybe heating up my plastic a little more. Mm -hmm. In the winter, I'll kind of let it go slightly. I'll, I'll be a little more lenient because it's much cheaper to do the plastic ones. But when it gets hot, this is a rare occasion that that's the only thing I have in front of me. I normally have these like obnoxious glass uh, jugs, but you can tell how much better you feel even just switching that around from oh. like your local grocery store brand, you know? So, I mean, I think you're right on with the environmental toxins. That's just a great insight to bring. Yeah. I mean, we did, I, I'm a huge advocate for trying everything before I talk about anything to anybody. Cause I don't want to talk about something that I haven't personally tried. So you should try those coffee enemas. Um, but I did a heavy metal <laughs> detox. I did one. I mean, heavy metal detoxes, in my opinion, should be guided with a practitioner because you don't want to screw things up and it should be slow. And so I did a heavy metal detox for oh, three plus years, very slow. It was through mineral balancing and she kept telling us we needed to switch to spring water because we were getting metals through the well water that we had, even though we were doing reverse osmosis. And so we were just lying to her and saying, oh, yeah, OK, we bought we got the spring water. Yep, we converted because we thought, oh, my goodness, that is so high maintenance to have to have like spring water. Well, we get our we do a hair test that shows your metal, metal patterns. And she's like, you're not, you didn't change your water. You didn't change your water. And we're like, how do you know? And she could, she could read it based on the metals we were still pushing. So we caved and we ordered, now we get spring water delivered every single week. Or no, it's like every other week, but we get these huge jugs. We have a water machine. I can't tell you how much of a difference that made. First of all, our metals started moving like crazy and we detoxed quicker. But now we drink water from a, you know, gas station if we're like on the road and there's nothing else. It just tastes different. You know, spring water is just wonderful. No, it it really is. And it is a lot of the times like organic's a good example of this. People are like, oh, I can't taste the difference with the organic apple. I'm like, I never I don't know where society gets us. I'm like, it's not always about taste. You know, it's about what you're not getting sometimes that's worth it. I, I never promised the taste was going to be different, but the water thing, I mean, that's huge. You know, you take mm -hmm. your local grocery store brand, the the jugs that they just have the generic thing on label on, and you compare that to the spring water out of a glass. That's anyone can notice um, the difference yeah. with that. So that's really cool that that person was able to tell just from the tests that were yeah. you actually consuming the well water. It wasn't just like showering and, no, Just we were actually stuff. drinking it because we thought it's okay. going through reverse osmosis. It's fine. But yeah, I'm a huge tester. I love to like do a thing and then have a lab drawn or do a test to see if the thing helped move the markers, you know, because that's my nurse brain. So it was fascinating to me. And now, I mean, I mean, we get raw milk from the farm. We get spring water. Like we source everything because it's. It, first of all, it tastes better. You feel better. And it's just it's it's important. Our health is our number one priority. Yeah. And we got to, man, we better start moving quick. And I, I have faith. Otherwise I wouldn't be here doing this, you know, but we do got to uh, move quick and it starts with things like that. You know, just doing the spring water thing. This should absolutely be cheaper one day. This should not be more expensive, you yes. know, but it's because we don't have everyone doing it that it is so expensive. It's just like we have everything backwards. Everything is backwards uh, the the, from the way it should the be. Subsidies make it hard because the unhealthy food can be so much cheaper yeah. And like you had mentioned that findaspring.com or .org, I've, I've checked out that site too. And I mean, you can get spring water where you just go to a site in your local community and bring your jug and fill it up. We have several yeah. here. I've just been too lazy to go do it myself because our, our spring water is delivered. So. Right, right. And so actually, I literally, I know where he's getting this from. I mean, it's really local. It's like 30 miles away, you know. I can mm -hmm. drive up to the spring myself and fill this stuff up. But yep. what's really cool, and we do this more as just like, 
fun couple thing because this is what we do for fun. Um, my girlfriend and I, when we're out at her area, um, she like kind of lives a little far. We met on a personal development retreat of all things, you know. <laughs> so great. I'll go to her place and about 20 minutes away is a spring. It's like there's no service in the area, but there is um it's a World War II vet that maintains it still. Oh, and so cool. it's kind of like him and his family, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, I think he's getting a little older, but yeah. you know, they just have this thing on the side of the road that's constantly pouring out the water. They have the tests for you. So like the reports, I should say, available online so you can know that it's safe. And you know, people are just coming up and filling this up and it's free. It's donation based. Yeah. There's just a box outside. So we'll throw a few bucks in, but it's it's way cheaper. So and it's a fun thing to do. I mean, that's like to me a Sunday activity. You know, it's yeah. a beautiful Sunday. You bring your jugs down and you go get the spring water. Maybe that's not what everyone else wants to do on a Sunday, but <laughs> well, I think um, it sounds great. Yeah, there are practical ways to do this. So, Kate, I feel like you are someone that we easily could talk to for hours. I know that you had talked about listening to Ben Greenfield, but yeah. if you've never been on that podcast, I feel like if you ever need a, a reference or someone to vouch, mm -hmm. I feel like you would do great on there because he likes to bounce around with different things and yeah. have people that I are well-versed. so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like you guys could throw down for like two or three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, there's, there's so many podcasts. I would love to talk to Dr. Rhonda Patrick too, just cause oh, her, nice. brain, her brain is amazing. Sorry, I lost you for just a second there, but we are good. So I apologize for my delay. Um, okay, cool. So we're going to wrap it up here. I want to just, because I always do my research on people, but I know that you have the blog. I mean, you're not coaching anyone or anything, right? Like I want to just be very clear about what you offer and where people can find you. So please share those things. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I actually walked away from my nursing job after I had my third child five years ago and just did full-time blogging. And I didn't have, with all the kids, I just didn't have time to see clients. So I just do blogging now. I don't do coaching anymore. Amazing. But, I, but I am, because I do want to actually help people still, I'm very active on social media. Like I don't just ignore my account and post and then never answer comments or questions. And I also, like I said, I have a newsletter that I send out every Saturday and I get a ton of replies to that. And I always answer those because I feel like that's where the real meat of it is. You know, people are coming to you like with real questions and sometimes like they're desperate and I wouldn't want to just gloss over and not read that stuff. So that's where I'm okay. really connecting with people. Amazing. That is awesome. And I mean, congratulations on your success with that. That's just so cool. I don't I think we have anyone on the podcast yet that they can say that they even had any level of success doing something like that, but being able to go do it full time. That's very impressive. Now, yeah. my final mm -hmm. question for you is mm -hmm. the signature question that we have on the FDN Thrive podcast. And I feel like I have no idea, couldn't even bet $1 where you're going to go with this because of the variety of topics you've studied. But the question is, if I could give Kate a magic wand and I could get you to get everyone in this world to do one thing for their health or like stop doing one thing, What's the one thing that you would get them to do? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's really hard. <laughs> I'm, sleep is one of the most important things. I mean, I can't, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to walk into a whole world of no sleep, but I have found that when people don't sleep, and I mean, bi biologically, when people don't sleep, your, your blood sugars grow out of whack. You don't manufacture your neurotransmitters, so you actually mentally have problems. Your liver doesn't detoxify. I mean, sleep is when our bodies rebuild and repair. And so I feel like there, you can be the healthiest person in the world, but if you're doing like three hours of sleep a night and just working all the time, your body is going to wear out really fast. I mean, that's what causes heart attacks in people, random heart attacks and stuff like that. So but there's so many, there's, there's so many other things I could say, but sleep is so essential. It really is. So man, all of the things that Kate has probably researched hundreds of hours of studying and looking up different topics to use for her blog and business. And she chooses sleep. I mean, if that's not proof that the fundamentals matter most, I don't know what is right. The lab tests are powerful. They are great. They are a staple in FDN as the course and the FDN Thrive program, which is where we help people and work with them one-on-one -on -one to you know get through their health journey and actually discover what's really going on in their body. Yes, it's essential to those systems, but at the end of the day, people would probably never need our system if they were taught about the right lifestyle things to begin with, okay? They'd probably avoid a lot of those problems. 
So then the question becomes, okay, well, why can't I just do the lifestyle stuff then and forget about the labs? Well, here's the thing. This is at least what I found, and I think many FDNs and their clients have found this. When you run into the issue of someone being sick in today's world, okay, which is all too common as an, uh, of an issue, right? The thing is, people are sick for a while. And the sicker they are, the more this opens the doors for various things to happen to them. They might accumulate a lot of a certain metal. They might get a very specific type of gut pathogen, such as, you know, a certain parasite like Blastocystis hominis. That's something you've probably heard on this show before. Uh, H. pylori, Helicobacter pylori, maybe not as always, at least, as bad as Blasto, but still can be really troublesome for a lot of people. So, and we could go on a list of like a hundred other things, right? But you get these very specific issues that were not the core problem to begin with, but now they're there. And so you can go do all the lifestyle stuff right now, but the truth is you still have a parasite. And is that going to be enough of a void that unless it is properly addressed, it won't allow your body to heal as much as it possibly could? You know, for some people that might not be the case. They might get totally fine off the lifestyle stuff. What we found is most of the people, by the time they're talking to us, yeah, we're going to need to do some of those other things. I mean, I know that was true for me. I got a lot better off just the lifestyle stuff, but it was mostly symptom management as opposed to healing. And that's a huge difference, right? Symptom management is not the same as actual healing. So it's just something to think about. Probably, it. I mean... All of the people that we have on are super educated, but because of the nature of what she does in her business, Kate very easily might be one of the most, um, one of the people that has the most diverse stores of knowledge in this space that we've had on the show at least, and she chooses sleep. So it's just really something to think about. Go with the lifestyle stuff, go with the fundamentals, and do them long term. Do three, six, nine, twelve months. See what happens. It's going to help for sure. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. And we've been talking to Kate, who is the Real Food RN at therealfoodrn.com. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would love you even more than we already do. I see that quite a few more have come in recently. We are so, so appreciative of that. What that does is this allows it to get higher in the rankings so that this information can get to more ears. I cannot even imagine how much this would have helped me, this type of podcast would have helped me when I was in the midst of my health journey and how inspiring and convincing it would have been to hear all of these amazing stories and realize, you know what? There's a lot of people on here that have overcome 10 times worse things than myself. Now, I'm not lessening my own health symptoms. I went through some stuff, that's for sure. But I mean, we got some crazy stories on here and these people still figure it out with this system. We got to let more people know about this. So please, a review goes a long way. Sharing the podcast, that's even better. We will happily shout you back out as well. Um, we're FDN Thrive on Instagram. That's one of our main platforms right now. So feel free to give us a follow. Give us a shout out. We'll reciprocate it. Thank you guys again. And I'm looking forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.